So I had this book that um, my dad had. Pretty sure it's my dad. Let me look at the uh, the published date because here. Where's the published date? Oh, couldn't have been my dad. Somebody gave it to me. Um, and it's this book that's called Now is the Time. Mm. 170 Ways to Seize the Moment. Mm-hmm. So I open up the dust jacket and it says, your time is limited, so don't waste it living somebody else's life. Yeah. Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. It's a great quote. Yeah. And then why not go out on a limb? It is uh, where the fruit is. Frank Scully. Mm. And so there's a lot of these little small, just kind of like just, just little things. It's like, yeah, now is the time to watch the sunrise. And then it says uh, to feel the real beauty and the power of the sun rise before the first rays hit, find the vantage point with a fine vista and wait, sense the stillness, watch as the sun etches out your world, enjoy the warmth, marvel at the miracle of renewal, Feel your problems subside. Maori proverb. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are your uh, what are your resolutions, man? Are you are you pulling some inspiration here? That was that was the first time I've apparently ever cracked open the book. So that's good stuff. Though. <laughs> I got it. exactly. That would you want to read it more. Is. Yeah. Oh, it totally is. And so I'm gonna like you know we talked last time and it was just like by most of what I have are goals and. Yeah, I was just I was just talking to somebody who I'm their uh, career coach at the office. Mm-hmm. You know, go go think it. Like somebody wants career advice from me, <laughs> but you know, and I and I told him I'm like, you know, here here's what I've learned. Here's you know, what's worked for, for me. <laughs> That's all you can say. <laughs> nope. Yeah, it's just like, well, I was just like, here is here here is some advice that I've been given throughout the the time, and this is one that you know you you know, taught me and it was about goal setting and it's fine to have that one big goal, but it's the more achievable milestones to get to that are the more important ones. Those are the ones that you need to set, stick to and keep at those because then if you get through those and you check those off at the end, you will have reached your, that big, your, that big goal that you were, yeah, you had set. It's like Rosa says, you know, how to eat the whale, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I was telling him like that, that's what you need to. And, you know, and, and his is a pretty, pretty realistic goal, you know, hopefully for the year. I mean, he used a, he used his time very wisely on the lockdown, you know, not only working on the project, but also, you know, he got his lead GA and then ultimately got his lead AP kind of all knocked out of the way. Nice. And since he, since he's a more recent graduate, he's been kind of chipping away as best as we possibly can to get as creative as possible with the, his hours for NCARB. Mm. I can't remember what they're called now. Uh, they're not high. Yeah, AXP. Yeah. And so, you know, we've we've tried to, you know, try to find as many opportunities as possible. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> it's funny. I actually. This year, I took a different approach at the whole goal setting thing, because I, I try to do it more often <laughs> than once a year. Right. Like, I don't just set it for once a year. But you know what I wrote this year instead of. Like, typically, I, I've got like a professional category and a personal category like that includes like health and all you know all this stuff Mm -hmm. um nope didn't do any of that i wrote 
do the things that are fun so I can enjoy the life I've worked hard to create. (laughs) It's like, yeah, I am always pushing so hard all the time. It's like, and, and you got to enjoy it too, right? You got, you just have to enjoy it too. And it's, it's become what I've noticed in the last year for various reasons. And I'm not definitely not just talking about COVID because I think it's created a lot of amazing opportunities as well. Um, being, being working remote and all those, all that kind of stuff. But it's like, you, you can't push at that level all the time. And so what are you going to do about it? Right. You got to do something about it. And, and that to me is where it's like, okay, now I'm just looking for more opportunities to say no to things that don't fit. And also look for opportunities to say yes to things that help me deal. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, right. Recharge. Uh, have fun. Like you've, you've, you know, it's not, it's not like I'm, I'm not trying to say like, Oh, I've made it right now. I'm just going to sit here and enjoy this. I, I, I'm not wired like that at all. Right. Uh, right, right. So, but I do want to look for more opportunities to have more experiences so that I can be even better at what I do and not have to feel like I'm studying all the time. You know, like there, there's definitely, got to get out and move right like your body was made to move not just sit and stare at a screen all the time and and make mm. make stuff in that way so right right yeah. that's all i wrote i i always jokingly say that um my uh or you know every time that everybody's just like well so what are your goals this year mine are usually not die <laughs> <laughs> stay living stay living but i mean it it's one of those things where you're these are definitely factors like even if it's not a reality it's a mental factor that you're considering right so i think also just you know that quote that steve jobs quote that you read in that book totally plays into what you just said where somebody asks you what your goals are and it's like there are expectations upon you right what are your goals how are you going to achieve those? What are your measurable outcomes? And how are you going to measure against, you know, what achievement? And that right there, I think, speaks to that living by somebody else's rules or living to somebody else's expectations rather than your own because you feel that pressure, right? There there definitely is that pressure. Like, I, I honestly, like, I, I, I wasn't planning on sharing this information at all. I, it sounds like kind of flippant, right? It's like, have more mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> but it's like... Right. But that was for me, right? Like that, I felt so good after I wrote that because I didn't feel like this immense pressure. Like I, I know what I'm capable of. I know I, I've got a track record. Like I, I can, I can pull off a lot of stuff in a year. But right, right. I don't need anybody else to really know what that stuff is. And and because then it, then there is like this. There, there's definitely like that that dichotomy of. Do you do you tell people what you're working on so that there's some accountability to actually completing it, or do you not? And I mean, the only accountability is you owe yourself. Yeah, it's okay. I'm going to make these promises to myself. If I achieve them, then great. On to the next one. If I don't, don't sit around and beat yourself up about it. It's just okay. Well, you know, what can I do next time? Kind right. of thing. Right. Here's here's something that kind of actually sounds like kind of that thing is like, and again, you know, out of the book, mm-hmm. yesterday's baggage becomes tomorrow's worries, imprisoning our minds and our hearts today. Now is the time, the best time, the only time to change your attitude and take that first step toward freedom from the cage of your own making. 
Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Regret <laughs> is past tense decision making. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and it is so funny. It's like, I don't know how many times, you know, you've either had somebody ask you or maybe you've even asked yourself, it's like, is there anything that you've done in your life that you regret? And my answer has always been no, because I wouldn't be where I am if I haven't done the things that I have done to lead me to this point. I mean, were there some dumb mistakes? Were there some dumb decisions? Sure there were, but that's life. If, if I didn't make them, you know, I couldn't tell you not to do that. You know, if, if like, you know, you're looking for advice, it's like, okay, don't do this. Well, how do you know that? Well, I, I did it and it was a dumbass idea and you know, yeah, and you shouldn't. Yeah. So it's interesting, like raising teenagers who have, really vocalize the need to or not the need but the the desire to make their own mistakes yeah 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 i actually am you know living that right now with uh you know my soon-to-be high school graduate the middle one that whereas you know the oldest he's doing his thing and he's just kind of like trying to go along get along kind of thing and this one's just like you know i'm I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. You know, it's mm -hmm. just like, you know, I have all these expectations that I'm supposed to do this and go to college and this, that, and the other. And, you know, is that what I really want to do? And I'm like, I don't know. Is that what you really want to do? I mean, I can't live your life for you. Right. I can just give you a bit of advice on like the pitfalls that got me to either my success or my failures and, you know, just offer you a bit of advice, you know, that little nugget of like my moment was this that made me, you know, decide to do that and things like that. So, you know, I, I try to tell him, I'm like, look, man, this is the time when you should decide your own life, but take a little bit of advice from people who've experienced your path to maybe allow yourself to, understand that the pitfalls that are out there right yeah please stand on my shoulders <laughs> yeah so that you yeah. can get farther exactly i mean yeah yeah it's interesting in a professional career where people are working in isolation for the most part in the creative field that demands a lot of collaboration right it's like right i i do i've shared it before i have concern for people who are not picking up the profession through osmosis you know just <laughs> by overhearing stuff yeah just by right. because there you know there i put this video up on youtube i gave that talk right i think i told told you about this the other day yep. and it was yep. like you know when the, when the kid man i don't even know if i'm repeating myself now i probably am but um <laughs> you know talking about like there's this video that i show in there about the rotary phone have we talked about this um i mean you you've talked about it before yeah um, but yeah, go ahead. it's just well, well, they get to the part part where they're dialing the phone with it still hung up, right? And it's yeah. the yeah. parents, the mom especially, was like, "Lift the receiver. You hear a dial tone, don't you?" And it, they have no freaking clue what a dial tone is, none. Right. But the mom thinks they do, right? And so I I start to equate that back to architecture, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. There's so many times when I see somebody complain about somebody else and how they didn't deal with a problem the way that they would have, yet they ha do not have the embedded knowledge that that person has. Right, exactly. And we are so bad at capturing knowledge and transferring it to other people, there's just kind of this assumption that it exists. Right. It's just intrinsic in everybody. Everybody knows this, right? It's like, well, no. I mean, they, you pick that stuff up along the way. 
you know, that you you put it out there by saying it one time. Somebody picked it up if they overheard it. If they didn't, like, it still doesn't count, right? So we're, we're really bad at that. And, and you're talking about kids and wanting them to stand on your shoulders and move forward, you know, so that they can get farther than you did, you know, progress. Mm-hmm. Same thing in our firm cultures, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when I'm mentoring or career coaching someone, I mean, I'm not looking to say, okay, you know, you should do this exactly the way Cormac did this throughout his career. I'm like, no, absolutely Cormac not. has done. Yes. Cormac has done all of this in his career to get to where he is. However, I want you to take the profession even further than I was able to do. And yeah, I'm going to help with your tool gathering, but how you use those tools and what you do with them and, and where you go with them and everything else, that's you. And, you know, so your sensibilities of how you approach things are going to help you, I don't know, be, you know, make it, make the profession that much better. I mean, yep. ultimately at the end of the day, we should be looking to improve the profession by passing down our knowledge and our experience, but just looking at that as a small tool in their toolbox that we can provide them yeah that they can then add to and continue to grow be that performance enhancing drug for others <laughs> we, yeah right you know i mean well so like today i was you know i was on a zoom call with somebody who had just you know he he just celebrated his year anniversary of employment with asg but also postgraduate uh, he just graduated, um, graduated at the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had interned with us over the summer of 2019 and then came back and worked for us just at the beginning of 2020. So, of course, you know, we know what happened and how long he had some institutional knowledge of the project come on to. And then t- 2020 had progressed. You know, he started to kind of get assignments and learn some things and stuff. But then. 2020 hit mm-hmm. and everything that came with 2020. I mean, one of the things that, you know, I've talked about always kind of worrying about is losing that, losing that connection, the the connection, you know, that, that learning by osmosis that you're talking about, but just losing that connection of being able to like, you know, Hey, overhear somebody or just being able to walk up to them and say, how are you doing? Are you, are you okay? You know, are you learning things? Are you understanding things? Are you feeling like you are, you know, not just a cog in the machine? And then, you know, all of these other things So we started talking about that, but then I was, you know, talking about like, how are you challenging yourself to continue to grow and to continue to learn, especially in this very challenging environment? And, you know, he's like a day that goes by that I don't talk to somebody on the team, whether it's you or, you know, this person or that person and stuff, you know, and so I'm always um, talking to them. He's like, so, but are you getting the most out of that conversation? And, it, and I was just like, you know, cause the challenge is, is that, you know, we don't have this osmosis we have, you know, now everything is very deliberate. It's just like, Evan, I want you to draw this. The reason I want you to draw this to this is this. And the reason that we do draw this is because of this, but that's just kind of, that seems formulaic. Even beyond that, I feel like just the interactions that are happening are like scheduled, right? So yeah, not yeah. only are they start and stop time specific, but what we're going to talk about is pretty specific too, because we got to make the most of this time that we have and, <laughs> and right. it's, it's for this purpose rather than um, those chance encounters. And I, what I, I guess what I'm noticing is I don't see a lot of this. It's just people popping up for air and saying, hey, will you look at this and tell me what I'm doing 
right or wrong or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, because that person isn't sitting next to you and you can't just pop your head up and tap them on the shoulder and say, Hey, uh, that just, that is happening way less if at all. And so oh, that to me is, is a big problem potentially. And, and with my role on the project and you know, that is my role in a way is to make sure that people are understanding, you know, not only like what they're supposed to be doing, but that they're doing it right. And, you know, just making sure that when we deliver this project, that we're delivering it the best that we possibly can and making sure that we've coordinated it with all the right things. And you know, whether it's the specs or the manufacturer or, or, you know, the owners have got their own prescriptive, you know, standards and all these other things. But, you know, these are obviously constant questions that everybody needs to keep asking themselves over and over and over again and just making sure that and normally that would be let's just like, so, hey, you know, you were working on this uh, roof to roof ladder. I mean, let, let's talk about it and then just kind of like w- walk through it and just see where they're at and all that other stuff. And so now things are very deliberate about it. It's like, OK, let's set a meeting for talking about roof to roof ladders. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh my God, it's. Let's have a meeting it, it for every ch- component in the building. Yeah, and and you know, and and unfortunately, that's sort of the way that things have kind of been. You know, we just have this like open item list, and then we have a meeting for practically every like issue on that open item list. It's like you're this doing triage because yeah, of all yeah. of the yeah, a lot of that stuff just happens by people yeah, like poking that their op- head up. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That open item list would, would totally be just a, a casual conversation with somebody about, you know, okay, you're working on this, you know, how, how did you manage that? Oh, well, I did this. Oh, okay. Okay, good. That's, mm-hmm. that's good. I like where that's going. And, or have you considered this or does that, you know, my biggest question is always, is just like, does that conform to your vision of the aesthetic? Right. And it's just like, well, you know, I'm having trouble with this and it's really challenging. And so, like, okay, well, let's let's walk through that and see if we can kind of get it back and reined into what the whole overall vision is. Because if you kind of make a sacrifice, you know, I kind of use the example, having a good grasp on the technical side of things, you know, again, enhances your ability to design better because you're not making those sacrifices in design based off of your limited understanding of what whatever material or whatever product you're using if you don't really understand how it it goes it goes together you're stuck with whatever it is right and when you get out there and you're like ah that's not what i was hoping for and then you're like well but that's what you got because you didn't understand what it was supposed to do right (laughs) right you know totally have you guys tried any kind of um open mic kind of you know just have a zoom room open and People can pop in and pop out. You know, you talked about that and I had pitched that to, um, to a couple of people and there, I got a few like two word responses, um, that I'm not sure I can share right you know, over the years, but, um, it, it didn't seem as a favorable action as I was hoping. Some yeah. people were like, oh yeah, that's cool. You know, that'd be great. And then others people were like, who are more social by nature, maybe. Yeah. And then there was a lot of people who just wanted to work, you know, kind of solo. It's like, okay, just tell me what I need to do and let me go away. Yeah. I could see that too. I mean, it's not like it's a, it would be more of an opt in, right. Than an opt out, but sure. Um, there's actually a few new companies kind of popping up around this and taking kind of the best of zoom and slack and trying to cram them into a new product where 
this one that I'm looking at right now is called Huddle, or the company's called Huddle. The, the product's called TeamFlow. If you look up huh. uh, teamflowhq.com, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But it's uh, basically it kind of adds this spatial layer to meetings, uh, and it doesn't make it like time-based either. So you can hang out in rooms. Like There's actually a, like a 2D floor plan. And you can move yourself into rooms, and if there's somebody else in the room, you can talk to them. And if you move out of the room, you're talking to whoever's outside of the room. And it has like this proximity kind of mechanism to it, where if you get closer to somebody, it's louder. If you go, if you start moving away from them, it gets softer. So mm. kind of like real life, when you're walking toward the coffee bar and you can start to pick up on the conversation, then you walk past it, it fades off into the distance the same thing with this with this software so what's also interesting about that rather than just kind of compartmentalizing um, a group of people into a floor plan to kind of give you this spatial awareness is that you can have different documents and whiteboards and things open in different rooms and they're in those rooms so if you leave the room for a couple days but then you go back to it that stuff is still there just like a real room so if you did do some kind of like you know, you could have like a schematic design room for this project and you can have stuff on the whiteboard and you can have images in there and you could have a, a document open of like the things that you talked about, like a shared meeting notes kind of a thing. And that stuff isn't really in the software. It's just kind of linked to it from somewhere else. So if you have a Google sheet or something, or you've got this whiteboard, you can, you can save those out to wherever they actually live on your server's which is cool. Um, but it's nice because you can go back into that room and see that stuff that was there and it remembers that. So in some ways it's kind of built for this collaborative need that we're talking about right now where, you know, you could just be in a room that's private or semi-private, right. And like separate from the other people in your office, but it also gives people a way to, you know, approach you and, you know, kind of knock on the door more or less without scheduling a meeting, right? Without having to book a time in your calendar to find time to talk to you about something and make it so purposeful because I think there is this layer of non-purposeful conversation where cool ideas come out of. Like we just, we can't deny that that happens. I think that it's it's just a natural part of the creative process. Is you overhear somebody talking about something and you you chime in on it, right? There's so many examples of that kind of thing out in the world where it's like this amazing invention happened because somebody overheard somebody else and added a bit of information that made it amazing. So I don't know. It's a it's interesting. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But I would I would be interested to see if other people are are dealing with that kind of thing or how they're dealing with that kind of thing if they are or not. 